Our lesson for this morning continues our series on being more like Jesus. You may not have noticed it, uh, but the scripture reading that we had for this morning was the exact same scripture reading that we had last week. And I left it there for a reason because it goes along very well with our lesson today. And our lesson today is going to be focused on one verse in particular. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. John 15 and verse 13. Jesus, teaching his disciples how to love, spoke of the greatest love known to man. In his teaching his disciples how to love, we are reminded that Jesus himself showed to man the greatest love in his actions. We are also reminded of the Father's love for us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus taught us to show the greatest known love to our own friends and family members, which is basically a willingness to lay down one's life for others. He showed us by His example how we are to love in this way. Let me ask you a question. How much... Are you willing to sacrifice for those you love? Would you be willing to offer up your physical life for them should this be necessary? And what else might you be willing to sacrifice for your friends and family? Our lesson objectives for this morning are first of all to explore the concept of the greatest love beyond physically taking a bullet for someone, so to speak, or any other way that we might offer our life for another's. But even going beyond that, looking at how daily in our lives we can lay down our lives for others, to learn what it truly means to sacrifice for others, and certainly in relation to how Jesus lived, and even how He died for us. I want to begin today with the question, what would you sacrifice for others? What would you sacrifice for others? And again, this goes beyond laying down one's life physically for someone. But what would you sacrifice for others? Let's just think for a moment. Time and talents. Many of us would be willing to sacrifice a certain amount of time to support our friends or family. You might be willing to meet someone for lunch or, or go with them to see a movie, go shopping with them, uh, do all kinds of different things together, especially for someone that we might consider a best friend, uh, maybe someone that we're really close to, we like to spend time with people and so any time at the drop of a hat if we have the opportunity we would be willing to sacrifice some time to spend with these people that we love. Maybe someone is in a play 
or other pu public performance or maybe they're doing something that that they really need some support on and so we would be willing to to go and watch them or or show them some kind of support i know that that in my my preaching i've had some different people that that have come just to hear me preach some and that's been a, a great blessing in my life it's something that that I consider to, to be a, a very great thing. Maybe it's a sport that they're involved in or, or again, some other activity. Maybe it's even to the point of, uh, of supporting someone's child. Maybe, uh, maybe your friend has a child and you go and support them in something that they're doing. But we would be willing to sacrifice time and, and, and even talents. Maybe you're able to do something for a friend. Uh, maybe it's making things out of wood or stitching or some other kind of material. Something that you can provide, some kind of service then that you would be willing to do for them. Um, a, a few months ago we uh, had one of our customers at SportsCom that uh, came around and uh, I thought it was kind of odd that he, he asked us our name, like first and last name. And so he got our names, and it wasn't too long after that that he brought a keychain. He had made us a wooden keychain, a really, really nice thing. It had our names on them. And I thought that was a really nice thing that he did. He sacrificed his talents to, to provide something for us. Uh, maybe it's in helping someone fix their car. Maybe uh, you're an auto mechanic or or something like that, and you can help someone with something. Uh, Marissa's really good with technology, so a lot of people turn to her whenever they have computer issues. <laughs> and of course, we all know that. Um, but you know, maybe there's something that you can help some with, someone with in, in those lines. I know as far as my car is concerned, my dad has uh, been there to help me out a lot in that regard. Uh, I've had a lot of car problems here and there, and he's usually there. Uh, whenever I need him. Maybe someone needs to be driven somewhere that they need to be. Maybe they don't have the ability to get there themselves. And so we're, we're able to sacrifice some time to, to help them in, in that regard as well. And, and you could add to this list any number of things that you're able to do. Anything that you would be willing to do for someone. That's just what we do for those that we love. Maybe it's a sacrifice of money. Helping with someone's financial burdens through a loan or simply giving without expecting anything in return. Helping them buy a car, a house, or something else that they need. Helping them get back on their feet following a, a tornado or, or maybe a house fire or, or maybe some kind of addiction that they're going through. Um, helping them pay off debts such as medical bill, bills or otherwise. And maybe not even giving money specifically, but in providing for, from your surplus, the needs of others. Do you ever collect clothes or food items and, and give them to those that are in need? You know, here we have a benevolence pantry. We collect food so that whenever someone comes and has that need, we can provide that for them. There are any number of things that we can do that do require sacrifice. But maybe it's not that big of a sacrifice. Maybe it is that big of a sacrifice. But in supplying these needs of others, we are fulfilling a principle that Jesus taught 
and one that we're very familiar with. Matthew 7 and verse 12, Therefore all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Do unto others as you would have them do to you. Not as they do to you, but as you would have them do to you. Treat them in the same way. What would you be willing to sacrifice for someone you don't know? Or maybe you don't love them as much. Would you be willing to do all of these things for a perfect stranger? How much would you sacrifice for someone that you might refer to as an enemy? And as we talked about in our Bible classes, we, we really don't have enemies per se. Maybe not in our own lives as, as far as our daily life is concerned. We have people that, that maybe don't treat us very nicely, but would we really consider them an enemy? Probably not. But even so, how much would you sacrifice for an enemy? What might you be willing to give to win a soul to Christ? Luke 24, verses 46 and 47 Thus it is written, And thus it behooved Christ to suffer, and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in His name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. The Great Commission is that we go into the world and preach the gospel one that we're more familiar with as far as the Great Commission is concerned, Mark 16, 15 and 16. And he said to them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world, or to the end of the age. Amen. A promise was added that, that Christ would be with His disciples as they spread this message, and certainly He was, as He is with us today. The commission was given first to the apostles, who passed it to all Christians following Pentecost. It is the responsibility of all Christians to carry the gospel to the world. We think of individuals such as Timothy or Titus or some of the other preachers that, that weren't apostles. Philip is a good example. They went about preaching the gospel to other people. It wasn't just the responsibility of the apostles. It's the responsibility of every Christian. And not even just the person standing in the pulpit, such as myself, but every one of us as Christians. What would you be willing to sacrifice to win a soul? Are you willing to give up some of your time or some of your abilities to study with someone? 
to teach them the gospel. Maybe even buy them lunch so that they'll meet you and, and you can discuss those things. What are you willing to sacrifice to win a soul? The sacrifices listed here may seem very insignificant to our text in showing the greatest love. Whenever we think of showing the greatest love, we often think of, of how we might die for someone. Maybe a spouse, maybe a parent or a child. Uh, maybe some other relation, maybe, maybe your best friend. But in order to show the greatest love, I believe that one must also be willing to make the small sacrifices in life. The small sacrifices in life help to prepare us to make the greatest sacrifice of life. Though we may never be put to the test, it prepares us with that kind of love, the greatest love that is known to man. For the rest of our time today, I want us to spend uh, our thoughts and time on the example of Christ. The example of Christ. We see that Jesus sacrificed much on our behalf. And we have much to learn from the sacrifices that he made. Let's begin by looking at the sacrifice that was within his birth. When Jesus was born into this world, he gave a great sacrifice. Beginning with Luke 2. In verse 1, Luke 2 and verse 1. We'll bounce around the Gospels a little bit through this one. But Luke 2 and verse 1. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David to be taxed with Mary his espoused wife being great with child. And so it was that while they were there the days were accomplished that she should be delivered, and she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Let's stop there. I want to ponder for a moment. Who is Jesus? As we look at, at what we read here in his birth, and the way that he was born into this world, who is Jesus? In John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, we read, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. 
Who is Jesus? Jesus is the very Son of God. And yet, how was He born into this world? As we look at John 1, we see that He is the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. And yet, God is born into this world in the way that He was. Just look at the, what we just read. Verse 6 of Luke 2. So it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered, and she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a, a what? A manger? Because there was no room for them in the end. Jesus sacrificed supreme rule and power from on high to come to a world that didn't even have enough room for Him to be born in. His earthly body in the form of a child was laid in a manger. Jesus sacrificed the very essence of His being for man. He sacrificed presence with His Father in heaven for man. Jesus' sacrifices go beyond His humble beginnings. And we see sacrifice in His life as well. Jesus came with a mission. Did you know that? Jesus came with a mission. Mark 1 verses 9 through 15. Mark 1 beginning with verse 9. And it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized of John and Jordan. And straightway coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens opened, and the Spirit like a dove descending upon him. And there came a voice from heaven saying, Thou art my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And immediately the Spirit driveth him into the wilderness. And he was there in the wilderness forty days, tempted of Satan, and was with the wild beasts, and the angels ministered unto him. Now after that John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. Jesus came with a mission. His mission was to win souls back to God. Many Jews had turned away from God or were not remaining in obedience to the law. Jesus came to bring them back to fully serving God in obedience to His will. And in doing so, Jesus was preparing them for the establishment of the church, His kingdom, and obeying God in baptism for the remission of sin. He sacrificed it Himself also showing His compassion for those who were weak, downtrodden, and or living in sin. Mark 1, and begin, beginning with verse 29, Mark 1 and verse 29, And forthwith, when they were come out of the synagogue, they entered into the house of Simon and Andrew, with James and John. But Simon's wife's mother lay sick of a fever, and anon they tell him of her. And he came and took her by the hand and 
lifted her up, and immediately the fever left her. And she ministered unto them. And at even, when the sun did set, they brought unto him all that were diseased, and them that were possessed with devils. And all the city was gathered together at the door. And he healed many that were sick of diverse diseases, and cast out many devils, and suffered not the devils to speak, because they knew him. And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place, and there prayed. And Simon and they that were with him followed after him. And when they had found him, they said unto him, All men seek for thee. And we see in, in this description of his life, and there's more to it than this by far. But just in, in these short verses here, we see a great deal of love and compassion for people. Healing them of their diseases, casting out demons. He set an example in, in facing the temptations that he did. Facing the same temptations that we do. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And yet he did not give in. He did a great deal on earth. And not only setting a good example, but showing love and compassion to those that he came in contact with. We see a great deal of sacrifice of himself. How many times do we read of Jesus going somewhere to be alone, to pray, and yet the crowds followed him because of the great things that he was able to do? He, he was man. He had physical needs, but we understand that he was willing to sacrifice them for those that he saw, those that he loved. We see sacrifice in his death, preparing his disciples for his departure from them. In John 13, beginning with verse 31, John 13 and verse 31, Therefore when he was gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God be glorified in him, God shall also glorify him in himself, and shall straightway glorify him. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. You shall seek me, and as I said unto the Jews, whither I go, you cannot come. So now I say to you, a new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another, as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. Jesus knew what was to come. And he spent a great deal of his time with his apostles preparing them for what was to come. It wasn't a mystery to him while he was on earth. He knew what he had to do. In Luke 22, verses 39 through 46, we read of his prayer. Luke 22, beginning with verse 39. 
And he came out and went as, as he was wont to the Mount of Olives. And his disciples also followed him. And when he was at the place, he said unto them, Pray that ye enter not into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast, and kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in an agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And when he rose up from prayer and was come to his disciples, he found them sleeping for sorrow, and said unto them, Why sleep ye? Rise and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. Jesus knew what was to come. He knew that in a short while he would be on a cross. He prayed earnestly that if there was any other way let this cup pass from me Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Jesus going to the cross, and even before he was hung on that cross, made a great deal of sacrifice for man. And then we read of his crucifixion. In Mark 15, and beginning of verse 15, Mark 15, verse 15. And so Pilate, willing to content the people, released Barabbas unto them and delivered Jesus when he had scourged him to be crucified. And the soldiers led him away into the hall called Praetorium. And they called together the whole band, they clothed him with purple and planted a crown of thorns and put it about his head and began to salute him. Hail, King of the Jews! And they smote him on the head with a reed and did spit upon him and bowing their knees worshipped him. And when they had mocked him they took off the purple from him and put his own clothes on him and led him out to crucify him. And they compelled one Simon, a Cyrenian, who passed by, coming out of the country, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to bear his cross. And they bring him unto the place, Golgotha, which is, being interpreted, the place of a skull. And they gave him to drink wine mingled with myrrh, but he received it not. And when they had crucified him, they parted his garments, casting lots upon them, what every man should take. And it was the third hour, and they crucified him. And the superscription of his accusation was written over 
the king of the Jews. And with him they crucified two thieves, the one on his right hand and the other on his left. And the scripture was fulfilled which saith, and he was numbered with the transgressors. And they that passed by railed on him, wagging their heads and saying, Ah, thou that destroyest the temple and buildest it in three days, save thyself and come down from the cross. Likewise also the chief priests, mocking, said among themselves with the scribes, He saved others, himself he cannot save. Let Christ, the King of Israel, descend now from the cross that we may see and believe. And they that were crucified with him reviled him. And when the sixth hour was come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which is being interpreted, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And some of them that stood by when they heard it said, Behold, he calleth Elias. And one ran and filled a sponge full of vinegar and put it on a reed and gave him to drink, saying, Let alone, let us see whether Elias will come and take him down. Jesus cried with a loud voice and gave up the ghost. And the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. In going to the cross and, and even in his trial and, and the scourgings that he faced before being hung on the cross, Jesus suffered much for the sake of man. And in so doing, he showed us the greatest love that has ever been. John 15, verses 12 through 14. This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. Jesus gave up his own life so that those willing to obey him might be saved. Jesus showed the man the greatest love by giving his own life for man's salvation. And in return, we are commanded to love others. This short phrase, as I have loved you. As Jesus loved others. So we are to love others as well. John 15 verse 12. Salvation is offered to us through the shedding of the blood of Christ. But we must be willing to accept it. Acceptance means obedience. Through faith, also 
confessing faith. As a reading at Satan and the Ethiopian eunuch. Who asked, what hinders me from being baptized? And he was told, if you believe, you may. And there he confessed his faith in Christ as the Son of God. And so we do today. Repentance and baptism for the remission of sins is also necessary in our obedience as according to Acts 2 and verse 38. And it doesn't end with baptism. It's only the beginning. Faithfully living for Christ, following the commandments of Scripture is also required of us as Christians. Through Christ's resurrection from the dead, we are given new life in Him. Romans 6, verses 4 and 11. Do you love others as you should? Do you love God as you should? Do you love Christ as you should? Are you a Christian? Have you obeyed the gospel? Are you faithful in your service to Him? We always offer the Lord's invitation because we never know the hearts and minds of those that are gathered. And if it is your need today, either to obey the gospel or maybe to repent, maybe you need to rededicate your life to Him, maybe you need to ask for prayer or for forgiveness for something that you've done. If there is some way that you stand in need of responding to the Lord's invitation, if there is some way that we can help you, we give you that opportunity as together we stand. And that's what's saying. Here are those